Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and we have a few other verses that we will turn to today, but uh, we are coming in for a landing, as I mentioned on our teaching, Money Matters, and we uh, generally, at the first of the year, we take the time to do a series of teachings on Money Matters, and the reason we do that is because we teach verse by verse here at Calvary Chapel, and We can go years, quite honestly, without teaching on money. And um, so we try to um, uh, continue to uh, um, be faithful to the scriptures, amen, and and teach teach the whole of scripture. So uh, generally at the first of the year, this is kind of what we do generally. And uh, so we're coming in, as I mentioned, our last teaching on money matters. Y'all been blessed? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, 10 people. Praise God. Maybe a little more than 10. So let me have your attention. Please look at me. As we have pointed out, Jesus talks more about money than any other topic except the kingdom of God In the scriptures, Jesus gave 36 parables and 16 of them had to do with money. Jesus talks so much about money. Why, Pastor? Because money, are you listening to me? Money is part of our everyday lives, right? We pay bills with money. We write checks. We make deposits in the bank with money. We pay taxes. Well, most of us anyway. Uh, Amen. (laughs) I think I struck a chord there in something in some people. Money affects marriages, child raising, lifestyle choices. You work for money. You save money. You spend money. You give money. You stress over money. Somebody once wrote a song, money, 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 money. Anybody know that song? So let me get right to it. I'm going to give you six principles of true Christian giving today. Six principles of true Christian giving. And you might want to take your phone and take a snap at the end of these six. Maybe you can do that. So you can write them down if you like. Number one we'll talk about today. Number one, giving is universal. Number two, we'll talk about giving is to be regular. 
Number three, we'll talk about giving is to be planned. Are y'all with me this morning? Giving is to be universal. Giving is to be regular. Giving is to be planned. Number four, giving is motivated by love. That's true. Number five, giving is a privilege. It's a privilege. And then finally, we'll talk about today, giving yields a return. Giving is universal. Giving is regular, is to be regular. Giving is to be planned. Giving is to be motivated by love. Giving is a privilege. And finally, giving yields a return. We'll be looking at a couple of scripture verses in 1 Corinthians chapters, uh, uh, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. We'll be looking at a couple of verses in 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and, and we'll get to it in just a second. But for now, let's look at 1st uh, Corinthians chapter 16. And we'll look at verses 1 through 4, come back and have some comments, and then we'll inch forward just a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, saints, and we're looking at verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, I need y'all to say a hearty amen. amen. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week... Let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. And when I come, whoever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to where, saints? Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Stop right there, saints. Let me give you just a little bit of background. Acts chapter 1, or pardon me, Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 24, Romans chapter 15, verse 26, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, 13. There is a joint effort going on among the churches to help the Christians in Jerusalem. And the reason why the churches needed help in Jerusalem, because I know that you know your Bibles, on the day of Pentecost, you remember, the Holy Spirit fell upon the church. You remember that the disciples and Mary, Jesus' mom, were up in the upper room, and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus told them to tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. So they're waiting in Jerusalem, on the, waiting for the Holy Spirit there in Acts chapter 1. And then in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell upon the church. And 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. There, Peter then preached an awesome sermon. It's an awesome sermon. As a matter of fact, the sermon that Peter preached, uh, many seminaries use that sermon as a model to teach preachers how to prepare a sermon. It, is that awesome in terms of the elements of that sermon? Okay, be that as it may. So Peter preaches this awesome sermon, and in one day, 3,000 people then get saved from that sermon. So now the church is 3,120 people strong. 
in one day. The church grew quicker than they expected. Several days later, 5,000 more believers were added to the church. The church continued to grow. Everyone then sold. So now the church is uh, 8,125 people, or 8,120 people. So the church, uh, the people of the church then developed the church uh, welfare program. And sources, their resources began to run out. And Paul had a burden to help the church. And so he took up an offering uh, there in Corinth to take the money to the church in Jerusalem. Now, it's my feeling that Paul wanted to help the church in Jerusalem because you remember Paul was a persecutor of the church. Because you've got to think about it. This is kind of my sanctified imagination reading in the white space, okay? The Bible doesn't say this. That's my feeling. Remember, Paul was on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, headed to, you know, to kill men, women, and children, and putting them in jail, and persecuting the church. When he got saved, he heard the voice of God say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he said, Lord, what do you have me to do? And then he goes into the deserts of Arabia and there God begins to undo all of that legalistic, pharisaical knowledge that he has. And Paul began to learn grace and he comes out of the deserts of Arabia and he is a new person. Because that's what God does, you know. When you get saved, you got to get rid of that old stuff and put in grace and put in his, his knowledge so that he can use you. Somebody say amen. Well, that's what happened with Paul. I'll wait while you clap your hands. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking that Paul just, you know, because guilt, guilt does that. Guilt says I got, I got to make up for this. So Paul, he wants to help the church. He wants to do something for the church. So the church in Jerusalem, which is the mother church, they need help. Paul gets money from all of the churches to take it to the church in Jerusalem to give it to them to help support this really large church now that just got large just like that. So that's the backdrop here. Now, point number one in our outline, let's get to that. I could tell you more, but let's get to this. Point number one in our outline, true Christian giving is what, saints? Oh, y'all act like y'all don't know. I gave you the answers, didn't I? All right, let's start all over. True Christian giving is number one, what, saints? Okay, so look at verse 2 in 1 Corinthians 16. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside. So giving, saints, is, you, is a universal practice among all Christians for all time. Somebody say amen. amen. Paul says, notice, let each one of you, that's men, women, and even children. Parents, give your, when your kids come to church, watch this. When you bring your kids to church, give your kids a dime, I'll give them a nickel or give them a dollar. Give them $10. Hey, I'm a pastor. Give them $100. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And tell them to go put it in the offering. 
Because what? You're teaching them even as a young child. Freely you have received, freely you give. You see, a lot of times I think we think our children are supposed to grow up and do fill in the blank. But we've never set an example for them. So you got to teach them. Even as a child. Hey, take this and go put it in the offering. Or even when you are maybe even putting your offering in. You tell them, okay, here. Mommy giving, daddy giving you this quarter for you, and then you take daddy's offering and just put that in there as well. You're teaching them, and you're helping them to learn. Let each one, Paul says, wherever Paul started a church, he taught that church to give. Why? Because giving is an essential, keep that pen handy, giving is an essential part of your Christianity. We have been talking about this now over the last three studies. We talked about it in great detail. If you've missed any of these teachings, you can find them on the app, find them on the website. We've talked about this in great detail. I think it's a hard pill to swallow. Your spiritual walk is directly connected to your bank account. Now, I don't have time to develop this today. We've talked about it. If you want to grow spiritually, you have to understand that God is the owner and you are the steward. God is the owner and you are the manager of what God has given you. Somebody say amen. God has trusted you and given you everything you have. I need everybody to say amen. Simply amen. Giving you everything. Huh? And when God asks you to give something, he expects you to give it joyfully and cheerfully and, and, and willingly give it. Somebody say amen. Point number two. True Christian giving is what, saints? Regular. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 16, look at verse 2. On the first day of the week, we're just unpacking the verse, okay? On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside. Notice, in addition to being universal, Paul says it should be regular. Notice, the first day of the week. The first day of the week is Resurrection Sunday, the day that Jesus rose. The first day of the week for the Jewish people would be what? Saturday. So already we see in the early church, already we see believers have begun meeting on Sunday. And it's been that way ever since. So if someone asks you, why do Christians go to church on Sunday? You tell them because Jesus rose on Sunday and the early church began to meet on Sunday, the day that Jesus rose. And from that day to this day, believers, we're here. What day is it? Y'all act like y'all don't know. Y'all were mighty tentative. What day is it? We've been doing this for 2,000 years. 
Because it's the first day of the week. The church gathers on the first day of the week. Point number three. True Christian giving is what, saints? Plan. See, Miss Mary being nice to y'all, she put it up there for you, right? Or Miss uh, Miss Karen, I think, is back there. So 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On the first day of the week, let each one of you, note this, lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. Now, in the first century church, the first century, people got paid every day for their work. They would go home, like we get paid once a week. Uh, some of you get paid once a month. Uh, you get paid bi-weekly. Uh, but in the first century, in the ancient world, they got paid daily. So they would go home, put some money aside in the cookie jar for the church. And on the way to church, they would grab that money, they take that money to church, and they would drop it in a box. Now watch this. Everybody didn't bring the same amount. Why? Because everybody didn't make the same amount. Right? And can I say this one last time? I've been saying it over the last four studies now. I say it one last time. Next week you come back, we'll be in Romans chapter 9, because we're going verse by verse through Romans. I say this one last time. God does not expect you to give what you do not have. Now, I know, at least from my church background, that flies in the face of everything that I had ever heard in church. Matter of fact, I heard the exact opposite. The exact, can I get a witness from somebody in the house? The exact opposite. God, they would tell you God expects you to put your offering on your visa. God expects you to go borrow money from your friend and give it to the church. God expects you to give money from your, if you happen to be on social service programs. I've heard all these things. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Does anyone? Oh. Y'all know a line. That's not the word. If you're giving money from your visa card, that's not money from your labor. That's money from visa. I was trying to figure out a nicer way and a cleverer way to say it, but that's just what came out. God does not expect you to give what you do not have. Now, on the other side of that, God expects you to give from what he has provided you. Am I right about that? God wants us to give from what he has given to us. But God, keep in mind, he is not looking for a particular amount. God is looking at the heart. Don't you remember the woman, Jesus, remember the woman, Jesus is sitting on the temple mount. Remember, and the Bible says, this is very interesting. The Bible says that Jesus is sitting there on the temple mount and he's watching people as they are walking by and leaving money in the offering. He's watching them. 
and the rich folks are walking by. And they're leaving money in the offering and they're playing music. Can y'all believe this? They're playing music. And the poor widow woman comes by and she drops in her two lepta. L-E-P-T-A. Her lepta. What is lepta? Lepta is the smallest coin in ancient circulation. And she drops it in. And they gave a lot of money. And Jesus said, that woman who dropped in the smallest coin in the ancient circulation has given more than all of them put together. Why? Because that woman gave out of her sacrifice. She gave all that she had. They gave from their plenty. They gave from their abundance. See, God is looking at your heart. He is not looking at your dollar amount. Which is very consistent with what the word of God says. Man looks at the, y'all come on. Man looks at the outward. God looks at. God does not expect you to give what you don't have. God expects you to give of what you do have. And every single one of us can lay something aside as God has prospered us. And I have to admit, saints, I've got to admit that, 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 that church, church has made giving painful and distasteful. The tricks and the shenanigans to get people to give money, I've seen over my 40 years of being a Christian, is terrible. I mean, the giving lines, y'all know what I'm talking about. Triple tie Sunday, y'all ever heard that? Triple tie Sunday, that's a mortgage payment. I can't afford that. Come on, wave at me, somebody act like y'all know what I'm talking about. I can't afford triple tie Sunday. What is that? I got to save up for 10 years to be able to meet that one. Amen. Buy a pew. Then we come up with all kinds of stuff. Buy, you ever buy, buy a pew. You ever buy a pew? Buy a pew. Buy a pew and put your name on the side of the pew. And then when you come to church, you get to sit in the pew that you bought. No, ma'am. No, sir. No. No, we don't, we, don't, we don't save seats. We save souls. Amen. Say amen, y'all. Don't hunt your neighbor. Praise God. Buy a Bible. Everybody buy a Bible and write your name on the Bible. It's all kinds of stuff. The money monitor in the lobby. You know, when you come in the lobby and the, the money, we're raising money and they keep going up red, 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 the money monitor. There's all kinds of things. The coercion. The manipulation in the church. People walking up while the preacher is preaching and throwing money up on the stage. Y'all know that y'all know I'm right about it. Throwing money at the preacher. I might have to take that one back. (laughs) That ain't a bad idea. Wait a minute. Hold on. Can I get that one? Put it, I can't put it back. It's already out. You know, I heard this story about this preacher. 
he announced from the pulpit, I got good news and bad news. The good news is we have enough money to retire the mortgage on the church. A sigh of relief went through the congregation. The preacher continued, the bad news is the money is still in your pocket. I was going to tell you no when I got, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. Paul said, Paul said on the first day of the week, on the first day of the week, I have a good one, but I can't tell y'all. I have a really good, it's a good one, but I can't tell y'all. Are y'all salivating already? Are you salivating? I'm not going to tell you. Paul says, should I do it? This is like one of my favorites, so I'm really just bringing you in. I'm baiting you. Okay, fine. So the black preacher... Black preacher down south was preaching a great sermon to his incredibly vocal and interactive congregation. He said, brothers and sisters, ha, you got to crawl before you walk. The congregation responded, let us crawl, preacher, let us crawl. The preacher responded, brothers and sisters, ha, before you walk, you got to jump. The congregation responded, let us walk, preacher, let us walk. The preacher responded, brothers and sisters, this church needs to fly. It needs to fly. The congregation responded, amen, brother. Let it fly. Let it fly. The preacher said, brothers and sisters, before it flies, I got to take some money. The congregation responded, let us walk, preacher. Let us walk. (laughs) I've been telling that one for 25 years. I love it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.